Welcome to Beyond Borders, the world's first talk show made especially for English learners and global citizens with me, your host, Ethan. In every episode of this show, it is my job to guide you outside of the classroom and into the real world with life-changing insights from some of the world's best teachers, language learners, innovators, and leaders, all here to help you unleash your highest potential in your English and your life. So if you are ready to join our movement of millions and together create a world beyond borders, then let's get started with the show. Rudy Ohama is a Turkish-Japanese YouTuber, med student, and polyglot. She has a YouTube channel completely in English, which she was able to grow from 1,000 to more than 250,000 subscribers in only nine months. On her channel, she shares what it's like to grow up multicultural, interesting cultural tidbits about Japan and Turkey, and also tips on learning English and other languages. Hey boys and girls, citizens of the world, I have a treat for you today. This was such a cool interview with Rudy, and I hope that you will take some inspiration for what your English can bring for you if you set your mind to it. So we discuss how Rudy learned fluent English and how she has grown her channel to almost 300,000 subscribers in less than a year. Rudy recommended some anime series and YouTube vlogs that you can start watching. She shared her opinions on what role grammar should play in learning English or another language, Rudy's plan to become more productive, how she deals with mistakes and failure, what she has learned growing up with parents from different countries, and so much more. And this is a really fascinating one, guys, so I don't want to wait any longer to get into episode 22 of Beyond Borders. So Rudy, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure to have you on. I feel like uh, I just heard about you actually a couple weeks ago. And since then, I've been seeing you everywhere. Like uh, a lot of our audience have been asking to get you on the show. Different people from my team have been sharing your videos and stuff. So it's kind of like you've uh, come up in this whirlwind. So it's really an honor to to get to meet you and to have you as a guest here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I think this is my first interview ever. Oh, wow. Or like podcasts of sort of a thing. So I'm really nervous, but yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really an honor then. So to start off, I wanted to ask you about because... Uh, if people don't know you, you're a polyglot, you speak four languages fluently. Uh, and so I saw in one of your videos, you mentioned that you would like to experience living in a new country. So I was wondering if you have any ideas of top picks for places that you would like to go live. I think I think I would um, live in Italy, maybe, because I like the culture, I like the food, I like the people, I like the language, and I just love the country so much. Um, and also like Singapore... Maybe like some sort of a country that I never lived in and like a country that I'm really not used to would be super good so that I can grow because that country would not be in my like comfort zone. So I think, yeah, I would pick a country that I don't know anybody there. That would be awesome. So what's the motivation for you to, to get out of your comfort zone if you were to pick somewhere like that? Hmm. So, I mean, seeing my parents doing that back in the day when we didn't have like, internet and stuff and, you know, getting together and marrying and having us, I think it's an awesome experience. Like, we are really happy of how diverse our family is and 
our like family is so different from each other. My mom, dad, me, and my brother. So I would I would love to experience that too. Not really necessarily in like a relationship way, but I love to experience my own too. Yeah, to kind of live that journey, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're certainly, I think, at an advantage growing up with two very different cultures because you probably wouldn't experience culture shock in the same way as as a lot of people who maybe only grew up with one base culture. Yeah, I think so too, because um, when I was growing up, I really realized that there's nothing true or wrong when it comes to culture. They're just like different values that people have. So I think monocultural people, which is kind of a really weird way to say it, (laughs) feel like their culture is the base of their decision making and their right and wrong. But in my case, I know that there is no right nor wrong. So I'm like, okay, I can easily accept things. I think that's that makes sense. I think that's a very similar experience to what I had. I mean, my first experience living outside of my home country, outside of the United States, was in Germany in high school. I did like a six month exchange there. <gasps> me too. Oh, really? <laughs> we're in we're in Germany. We're in Germany. They placed me like in a tiny village. That's if you were to throw a pin at the at the map of Germany, it's in the very center. So <laughs> most of the time, like they put you in a really small town. But I was lucky. I did my exchange in Berlin. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. It'd be a lot more exciting, probably, culturally and <laughs> experience-wise. I was lucky. But to my benefit, it was like complete German immersion for six months, especially because it was before too much of a... There was too much with the internet, like the the video calls and everything. So I spoke English like once a month when I would call my parents over the, the landline. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> in my case, I mean, I wasn't also FaceTiming my family every single day too, but maybe weekly... But my parents were super mad about that. And I was like, <laughs> I really need to feel that I'm alone here so that I can, you know, experience the culture and stuff. But they're they're yeah. not really happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes sense. It's definitely like you want to have that experience of speaking the language every day and hearing it and really being immersed, right? Exactly, exactly. So that's very cool that we have that that shared experience. I didn't, uh, I didn't realize. I'm kind of shocked too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to, what I was going to say there is, you know, as you can imagine, America has like a very big, very present culture and everything. And it's very, um, for lack of a better word, there's a lot of superiority in American culture of it being the best country in the world. We're number one and everything. And I think one of my big takeaways when I went to live in Germany was I realized like, you know, people, I was uh, 17, 18 and mm-hmm. people the same age as me, it's like more or less the same teenagers or teenagers when it comes really down to it and, and having your motivations and mm-hmm. kind of the chaos that you go through in that age and everything. So, uh, that's very cool that you were able probably to experience that at a much at a much earlier age. Yeah, I think I think I was around like 16, 17 when I went to my like when I did my exchange year and I actually made a video about it. I had surgery and stuff in Germany. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was a fun experience. I think if you have a chance to do an exchange, I think go for it. It might be hard, but I think it's totally worth it. Yeah. I remember being, I mean, being in high school and everything, I was terrified because I'd never lived away from my family. And in fact, I'd never lived outside of my hometown or anything. And so I was like, how will I live? You know, that it was only six months, but I was like, how will I live that long away from my family? And then, you know, once I got there, that time just flew by and I was like, why, you know, why the heck did I not Mm -hmm. stay for an entire year? Because it's just, uh, yeah. If you're at all fearful about that, just like, just do it. It'll be... It'll be the best experience of your life. Exactly. I, I loved my exchanger so much. I think that was the 
best year that I experienced when I was in high school, I think. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I, I would definitely say the same. And what motivated you for Germany? Because uh, I think I saw that you studied at a German school in Turkey growing up, right? But was that just your parents trying to expose you to to more diversity or was mm. it your choice? Actually, my parents um, didn't found the program. I found it by my own. Like my friend, my best friend was also going to Germany. And since we was going, since we were going to like a German Turkish um, high school, I wanted to improve my German skills a little more. And I also, at that time, wanted to live in Germany in the future. Now I'm not really sure about that. So my parents were keep telling me that I wouldn't love Germany to live. And I said, let me let me experience that first, and let me let me you know make up my mind. And after a while, I researched about it, and then I found the program with my friend. And yeah, I told my family that I want to like really go there. And I think I talked with them like for a couple of months. And finally, they accepted it, and I went there. Yeah. So, like, for a language, to be honest, I mean, I wanted to do better in Germany, and I also wanted to know Germany better before moving out there. Yeah. And do you have any sensation of, of anything that changed for you before and after that experience? Hmm. I think um, I realized how hard it can be for myself, because Germany is really different as a cultural, you know, um, in a cultural way from what I grew. But at the same time, I love the diversity in, especially in Berlin, it's like really diverse in cultures and stuff. And I really love the freedom that is in Berlin. So I feel like I had, I don't know, I don't know what I was expecting from Germany, but I feel like I loved it more than before going there. I had no clues. Like I didn't even knew that my high school was German before applying to my high school. <laughs> and I was pretty sure, oh, I need to learn surprise. German. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I didn't know anything about German, Germany. So, yeah, I think I really love the culture and country and the organization. And they're, like, really disciplined. So I really like mm -hmm. that. I feel like I love the country more and more. Did you feel like your worldview changed at all? I mean, I know you grew up without diverse background but it's changed so much that my that i annoyed my family so much after getting back from germany because <laughs> my values completely changed i think in that period of time and i i annoyed my family so much because i was more more i don't know straightforward to things i was telling the truth more after coming from germany i was i don't know i was i wasn't really thinking about what other people can feel when I say something. So I think I heard a lot of people's feelings, but <laughs> that's what they told me when I was in Germany. You have to feel your feelings and toes and stuff. But when you come to Turkey, people are, yes, yes, people tell their feelings, but like more in a close way. So I think, yeah, yeah I annoyed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. That's quite funny though. I, I, I was definitely the same the first time I came back from that first experience living abroad because it was all I talked about was like, oh, in Germany, they do this this way. And it's like just always the stories. Anytime anyone brings something up, you find a way to, to talk about it, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And since my best friend also went there, we were always talking about that. <laughs> and everyone around us was so, so annoyed about it. But yeah, it was, it was a really good experience. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, changed my connection to with other people because mm -hmm. I felt like I had had this big life-changing experience and other people, nothing had changed, you know, and the time before the time I left and, and, and then and everything. So mm -hmm. I think that it can 
distance you from people or it can change your relationship yeah, with people I as think. well, having had that experience, right? Exactly, exactly. But, you know, since not only me, but also a lot of people around me want to exchange with the same program to the same country. So it wasn't that hard for me, but I know a lot of oh, people good. who ended their like friendship after exchange because they changed so much. And yeah, but, but I was lucky, I think. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, well, I'll shift gears a little bit, not too much. So as I mentioned that you're, uh, you speak four languages, you've already mentioned, uh, I think Turkish, Japanese, uh, German, and then obviously English. So I saw that your, your relationship with English uh, has been maybe more complicated than with German in the past. I saw that you used to sleep through your English lessons in high school, uh, but that you, things kind of changed for you because uh, from, from seeing your channel, you're pretty passionate about makeup and you decided to improve your English to understand a uh, YouTuber named James Charles. And I think that this is really fantastic because it's just such a specific goal that you wanted to, and purpose that you wanted to be able to understand this one person or this this one genre. So it's like, was very clear for you. A lot of people are just like, I want to be fluent in English. And that's not a very uh, motivating goal. It's not going to push you through uh, the difficult time. So you have a whole video explaining the method that you used. And we'll link that in the show notes so people can check it out. But I really loved it. It's all about watching videos, watching TV series you like, watching movies and things like this, using subtitles, taking away the subtitles, um, reading things. uh, And uh, one of the things that I really thought was a great insight from you that a lot of learners never try is like summarizing what you watched or what you read to yourself. So if you, a lot of learners use the excuse that I don't have anyone to speak with. And so they they'll learn everything else, but they don't practice their speaking. But it's kind of like you just would uh, summarize things to yourself so that you could get that speaking practice in as well, which is really fantastic. So I'm saying all this because I want to ask the question, just how has your English learning changed? So when you started out uh, before that video, I think you said you were at an A2 uh, level. And nowadays you're, you're certainly probably more at a C1, C2 level. So has anything changed for you? I think I didn't, I didn't take any exams because I wasn't learning English for academical purpose. So I didn't need to take Mm -hmm. any exams. But the thing is, I think I'm more comfortable uh, when I'm talking. And I think even like when I started my channel back in the day, I think it was not a, not a year I think it was around like 11 months ago or something, I started to pause regularly. And at that time, I wasn't really comfortable talking in English and I wasn't smiling at all. I wrote script and I was reading that only. I just like pausing the camera and reading that and pausing it again. (laughs) And a lot of people are saying that you have no emotions at all, but they didn't know the struggle that I was having. I was just like planning out what I'm going to say. But with the repetition, you get more comfortable with your audience, with your language skills and stuff and now I don't write any script sometimes I write scripts for my like voiceovers and stuff but when I'm going to film a video I don't think about it I just like set my camera and talk so I think I became more and more comfortable about it and I know I make like a lot of grammar mistakes and stuff but people don't care about it that much and I don't care about it that much so I think that's fine I became much more comfortable and I don't know confident about it I think and mm-hmm. since it's became a part of my life, I do a lot of meetings and uh, videos and video calls and stuff. It's became a part of my life and it's a normal thing for me to talk in English now. So I think it's always important to make it a habit of yours to talk in that certain language if you want to learn it. I think it's important. Yeah. I'm curious, say 
that you decided to move next year to Italy and you're learning Italian. Uh, what would you or say you're going to start learning Italian? What would your first week of learning look like? I think in the first week, I would look for different shows and different videos to watch so that I can enjoy it while like reading some subtitles and stuff. But at the same time, I would download the apps that I recommended on my channel and also like some services and start using from there. Uh, because I made like so many videos about it, I think I'm gonna rewatch my videos and like listen to tips that I gave so that I can follow. And I think I would do that. But I would watch a lot of TV series and a lot of um, dramas and stuff so that I can learn the culture at the same time. I would watch like Italian TV shows, I think. Yeah, that, that's a really great reason too to use TV series, movies, things like this. I mean, people are, for English, people are pretty exposed to this already, but it's obviously not the same watching something dubbed. You You miss a lot of the humor, you miss like a lot of the, the subtleties of the language and stuff. Exactly. So that's, uh, yeah, I, th I think that I would probably do something very similar. I was actually going to ask because you're, uh, you're a big fan of anime. And so I was curious if you've used anime, like the, the dubs of anime at all to learn other languages. So please, please, please don't do dubs. I, I talked about <laughs> this so much on my channel. Don't do dubs. It's, it's so unrespectful for anime, in my opinion, <laughs> because the voice actors in Japan go through like a very hard process when making the anime, and I have a huge respect for them. And I think we have the best voice actors in the world. So I would, I would, I would want you to listen that in Japanese and feel that, even though you don't understand Japanese, I think you can feel it. You know, the anger, the sadness, the happiness, because they do it so well. So please don't watch that animes. If you're doing that, stop watching anime. Please, please don't do it. Yeah, I guess you could watch the American attempts, right? The uh, the last airbender, for example. Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, uh, well, I ask because like uh, a really popular series, you know, around the world is Dragon Ball Z. That's been copied into every language. I've never seen it. I don't think in, in Japanese, but actually I saw it when I was growing up and I don't really like in English, I don't really mm -hmm. remember it so much. But then a few years ago, I watched all of Dragon Ball and all of Dragon Ball Z in Catalan, uh, mm -hmm. which, a language spoken here in Barcelona. And and it helped me like really to advance because there's so many episodes of it and they try to use like really um, useful language from here and everything. It's actually really well done dub. But I totally agree with you with most things. Like I, I watched um, recently some different, uh, some different movies and everything I watched in Japanese with English subtitles. So I do like really love the sound and everything, even though I, I don't understand hardly anything. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, if I would learn Italian and if I would watch anime in Italian, I think I cannot <laughs> concentrate. So I think it might only apply for me because, you know, I know Japanese, so I can really compare, yeah. but if you don't know Japanese, it might work for you. I don't know, but I, I have huge respect against it. Um, so I, I don't know. I can't do it, I think. But it's just only my personal opinion. So, yeah. Yeah. Do it if I'm, you like it. Yeah. In general, very the same, though, if like watching a dub of any English series. And even for me, like there's there's um with Netflix and with all these streaming platforms, we're getting all of these different series out of different countries that are becoming popular, like uh, Money Heist or Lupin. And like both, I mean... Uh, even like my, my French isn't that good, but like I watched Lupin, the the French one, even though like I had uh, my family back home were recommending I watch it and they watched the English dub. It's the same that it's just, I don't know. I saw some of it in English the other day and it's like 
their mouths, you know, French people, mm-hmm. when they, they speak, their mouths don't open as much as like when we speak English. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird watching a dub with someone who's got their mouth like, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I understand it, yeah. So I'm sure that the same happens for Japanese because they're, uh, when you're doing anime, they're drawing the mouths and stuff for the words in Japanese in the way that a Japanese person would speak, right? Yeah, but I mean, if you're comfortable with it, I think you can try it, but I don't do it that much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you can try it always. Do you have any anime series that you would recommend? I think it depends. Is that like, I think it depends on that person. If he or she or whatever pronouns they use are a big anime fan or they're new to anime. If they're new to anime, I think I would recommend something like Attack on Titan or Boku no Hero Academia, My Hero Academia. But if they're advanced, I would recommend Jojo, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. But in order to understand Jojo and love Jojo, I think you have to have a background of anime because then you don't realize how good Jojo is. I'm a big Jojo fan, by the way, if you don't know this. Um, I think, yeah, starting with these two and then switching to Jojo would make you fall in love with anime, in my opinion. And Death Note. I think Death Note can... Everybody watch it and love it. I think the concept is not that hard um, to understand, to love, and the characters are not that weird as Jojo. So Death Note, Attack on Titan, My Hero Academia, and then Jojo, I would Great. say. Yeah, we're going to have to add all the, uh, the, the names because some of the names are a little bit <laughs> difficult to, to remember and everything. They tend to have like um, rather... Um, like compared to, I don't know if you're watching any American series or British series or something like that, obviously like the names tend to be very different. And I imagine it's probably based on maybe not being the best translation or something like that, right? Mm. I mean, I don't really watch American or British TV series, to be honest. I don't watch anything at this moment. I only watch YouTube videos to make YouTube videos. But um, I don't know, my life is currently in a chaos. But (laughs) once I figure it out, I think I'll start to watch more things and explore but yeah at this moment i don't watch really and are the the youtube channels or the youtube videos you're watching are they mostly in english yes they're only in english i think you know sometimes i watch japanese too but since i make videos in english i look into what my target audience loves so that i can create those videos and i take like i have i think 10 or so favorite creators and from there I pick like up new ideas and I mix them and match them and then I make videos. Do you have any that you recommend to people if they're if they're into your channel? I think if people are into my channel people already knew no Ali Abdal what um who I talk quite a lot about and I think these days I'm kind of in really love with Kenny Wakasa he's also half Japanese like he's pretty American. I love his channel. And Kelly is like really different from my channel, but I think people would appreciate his vlogs. And these days I also really love Jet Cal. Jet Cal, yeah. His vlogs are really great too. Yeah, these three I think. Yeah. I think vlogging is like such a cool way to practice or, or to, in, in your case nowadays it's really just using the language because it's it's just a communication tool more at this point. But that's uh it's it's such a, a platform, a tool that it allows you to really feel connected to that person because they're explaining different aspects of their life and everything. And even for you, even if you don't get many viewers and everything, it's a way just to practice your English because you're talking about your life and it's like things that you have to be able to talk about with people. I think I think 
it's a really great way to practice, in my opinion, because if you're feeling confident in front of camera, you'll feel much confident in front of another person because talking to a camera is a really different, difficult thing, in my opinion. You're just like staring into your lens and you're practicing it. And if you're posting that online, I think it makes you, um, I don't know, share it to the world and be confident and about it. I think it takes a lot of courage to do it to post something on online in a language that you're not comfortable with. So I think it's a great idea to practice. Uh, but I don't think that a lot of people would do it because even people don't do it when they're talking in their mother tongue. So I don't know if anybody going to do it, but I would recommend it. Though. It really helps because when you're vlogging, you're trying to explain a lot of things and you have to know these like words and um, how to express yourself. So I think I think it's a really good experience and exercise to do. Yeah, I imagine it's also helped you to develop a lot of the the skills or the um, kind of the aspects that you need to succeed in in speaking another language and connecting with people, like vulnerability. You know, sharing things about yourself and being open, maybe about your fears or your nervousness or anything like that, or people criticizing you because, you know, inevitably, even if a lot of people love what you're doing, there's always haters in the comments and whatnot. And, uh, and confidence, obviously you mentioned that at the beginning, people were telling you, you seemed maybe like you didn't have emotion and everything because you were reading a script and now you come across as just so comfortable, you know, in front of the camera, almost as if the person watching you mm -hmm. was having a conversation with you. So yeah. that's not so easy to do, especially in a, in a foreign language. One of the other things I, you mentioned that probably your grammar isn't that good in English. So what's your opinion on studying grammar in other languages? Hmm. So I think when it comes to grammar, I studied quite a lot of grammar in German, but I didn't study that much grammar in English. And I can speak both of the languages fluently, but I speak German more correctly. And But I speak it so formal that uh, because, you know, I learned it, in, in, learned it in school and I got to score really high so that I have to be perfect in my grammar and stuff, I speak it really formal and it doesn't sound like a native or something. I mean, I'm not saying that my English sounds native, but when you compare the nativeness of these two languages. I will say my English is much better than my German. Um, so you can study, of course, grammar, but there are also ways to learn language without studying grammar, as I probably no. talked in my videos. Yeah, I think it depends on the purpose of learning language. If you're going to have fun, don't learn it. It, does, it doesn't matter that much but if you're gonna do it for like economical purpose then of course you need to study grammar mm. yeah i think that's really true and i mean that's that's true for anything with the languages you should be really clear on why you're learning it what's the purposes of it so that helps you to know better like do i need to have really perfect grammar do i need to know how to speak really formally like what situation do i need to learn like business vocabulary or whatever the case is and it's really a personal thing Exactly. So the tips that I gave uh, might not work for you because I learned for fun. But if you're going to do it for fun, it might work for you. So it really depends why you want to learn that language. I think not only for the learning methods, but for your motivation, even though I don't really believe in motivation, it's important to have a clear vision of why you're doing it. Because in that way, if you don't see any progress, you're easy to give up. So 
you really have to know why you're going to do it. My goal was to understand Dream Charles. So it was really clear and I could see the process because I was more and more understanding him. So I could see how my English is getting better and better. But if you don't have a clear goal and if you cannot see that you're doing your you know, progress, I think it's going to be super hard. So I think it's really important. Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically the motivation won't come. Um, even though you mentioned, like motivation isn't the the best the best tool always. It's just like if you don't have that really clear goal, then it's just it's not going to be there every day. But if you have a really strong why, then even when you're not feeling that motivated, it's kind of like you'll you'll have that to push you through that and everything and show up anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, and you mentioned that. I'm actually, I'm going to come back to grammar, but uh, because you mentioned it about the motivation being overhyped, why is it that you believe that? Hmm. I think motivation is overhyped because I think it's a, such a privileged way to think about it. If you don't want to do it, you don't do these things. I think it's a, such a privileged position to be in. So I don't want to study, but I need to study in order to, let's say, uh, make money or um, let's I don't know, in order to like do something, but just because I don't feel like it, not doing it, it, it sounds so undisciplined for me and for too childish. We're not child anymore. We're grown adults and we have responsibilities and we have things to do. And saying that you're not going to do it just because you don't want it. I don't know. It, it sounds ridiculous to me, even though I do it quite a lot too. I feel like we need to realize that we are in a, such a privileged position to do it. Um, and that realization, I think, really helps. And the thing that we need is not motivation, as I said, is discipline that you build throughout the time. So yeah, I don't, I don't really believe in motivation. I would say. I mean, I never yeah. wanted to study, or I never wanted to edit videos for like seven hours, eight hours, or something. But I do it anyways <laughs> because they're goals that I want to achieve. And in order to do that, I have to work for that. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that does. It takes a lot of a lot of discipline to to keep up with a channel to actually post videos weekly and everything. Is it something? Because I think you just started it as a you know let's see and just doing it kind of for uh, fun or, or interest. But did you ever imagine that it would get as big as it has already in such a short amount of time? So I think. At the beginning, so my first channel was five years ago, actually, when I was in high school. Um, so at that time, I was doing it for fun. But this time, I was pretty clear what my goal is. I started this channel uh, in a way to think about it as a business because I saw how other YouTubers can make an audience and grow their business. So my vision was really clear in this channel. I was planning to grow in like three years. And I actually found a note that I wrote for myself, goal for 2021 was to get thousand subscribers for this year. <laughs> and for 2022, I was writing 10,000. And for 2023, it was 100K. And my family was saying that it's, it's too much. You can't grow that much. And I was thinking, but you have to like set your goals higher so that you can work for it and stuff. And then here we are. So <laughs> I wasn't expecting at all. I was aiming for 10, I was saving for a thousand and now here we are at 280k. So <laughs> yeah, that's really, that's really, really incredible. So I think that, I mean, it's, it's amazing too, that, that, uh, like looking back that a thousand seemed maybe too ambitious and stuff and, and you went past your three year goal. So yeah, exactly. you never, you never know, right. you have to put yourself out there and try? So, so you did do it with the idea of 
this is going to be a business mm-hmm. for me, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yes. And I think that's why, why I don't rely on motivation. If it was for fun, I would rely on my motivation because it was for fun. You don't do, you know, your hobbies when you don't want to do it. But if it's a business, then sure. that's a non-negotiable thing. So that becomes my responsibility to post the video. So I was doing it anyways, I would say. And that's how I treated mm-hmm. languages as well. Even though I was thinking that it's a fun thing, I... Um, I took it as a responsibility of mine. I promised myself that I'm going to learn this language and I kept my promise. I think that's it. Yeah. I think the, just the idea of making a promise to yourself, it depends on the person, obviously, but many of us are very motivated to not break a promise to, nor, nor to other people, nor to ourselves. So, uh, I think actually like writing on a piece of paper, like this is my goal for 2021 and everything and having that, uh, that agreement with yourself is is really powerful. Was there anything else you did kind of in, in planning this out? What did your your plan for the YouTube channel look like? And did you make a plan or anything about what you were going to do every week? So uh, four or five years, as I said, my first channel was uh, like five years ago. And that channel was not growing at all. I think in six months, I got like, I don't know, they're all my friends. So I had like 400 subscribers or something, but most of them are my friends. So I think I only got like 50 or something that I like from people that I don't know. And since that channel failed, um, from that time, I screenshotted every single video that I found value in that. And also that went viral. So like for five years, I've been doing that. And after a while, I realized a repetition of things that I like and people that like and what type of videos go viral and stuff. And one of my most popular video, what it's like to be half Japanese, half Turkish video is actually inspiration from a a channel called Asian Boss, I think. They had a video of what it's like to be mixed and they introduced like a couple of different people who are mixed and they were talking about that and that video went viral and I thought, oh, if I would make that video in my version, I think it would go viral. But for viral, I thought it's gonna like get thousand views, not one million views. For my <laughs> viral was get to get thousand views at that time. So I I watched YouTube ridiculously um while learning English. So that helped me to learn English at the same time to grow my YouTube channel. Because in order to make good videos, you have to be a good consumer first, in my opinion. So, and also, um, I really believe in input base rather than output base. Output base is something that, let's say, I'm going to reach 100k in a year. And input base is that I'm going to pause every single week, three times, a, uh, three times a week, a video so that my can so that my channel can grow. Um, we're not going to know when it's going to happen, but you focus rather on things that you're going to do. So it's same with the learning language and same with making videos. You only focus what you're going to do today, not the outcome, because you can't control the outcome that much. So why aren't you focusing on your income and stuff? Yeah, I think that's the thing that I really believe and apply in every aspect of my life. And that works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in a sense to scratching your own itch because it sounds like your audience is, uh, you're, you're making videos that are things that you're interested in and everything and based on other channels that you're interested in and what you consume and everything. So in that sense, scratching your own itch and, and doing something that you're really passionate about and, and then, uh, attaching that to some goals to how you're going to show up every single day so that you actually do the work that needs to be done to make that happen for when the motivation isn't there. Right. Exactly. It's always, always important to love 
I love the process, enjoy the process. Sometimes I, I'm a really ambitious person. So sometimes I focus too much on outcome that I can see the progress that I make. But when you have fun and when you try to have fun during the process, you can see the tiny improvements that you made and you become more and more proud about yourself. And I think you become more confident about it because people don't know what you did to get that point, but you know that you know the work so you can be proud of that and i think that really helps with the confidence yeah and uh do you have i think i saw one of your videos that you were kind of talking about the uh, atomic habits so you're obviously a much bigger fan of habits than you are of motivation was there anything that helped you to develop these habits when you were starting the youtube business i think when it comes to youtube business the habit that i do is that no matter what the rule was posted post every single week and for mm-hmm. that i watch at least one to two hours of youtube and when i watch youtube videos i want to make them so badly because i i i, I don't know i like making videos and it makes me um feel really motivated about it i would say and another thing that i do is that every single time i saw a good video i write it on my notion page and uh so that whenever i'm making a video i have already a bunch of video ideas and i think now i have 350 ideas and i also plan my like schedule so let's say because i'm going to post on friday then i need to write a script for it at least on one at least on wednesday so i need to film it on tuesday so i think about it backwards so that i know what i need to do each day and if i miss that I cannot publish once a week and that's a promise that I made myself so I have to keep it so I just like think about it backwards and I do the work every single day so that I can publish videos no matter how busy my life is. Yeah, so it's kind of I mean th- this is going to come out kind of close to uh the, the end of the year and everything so I think these are good things to think about as we're going into 2022 and people will be setting goals for the year and everything so if you've ever wanted to start a YouTube channel or any other sort of project I think these kind of key tips of don't rely on motivation, uh, figure out how to build habits, create a schedule for yourself and stick to that schedule. And kind of what you were saying now too, just creating a goal and figuring out, okay, how do you work your way backwards from that? So what is the, the schedule going to look like for you? Um, so that's that's really great. And something else you mentioned is having a capture system, like having capture systems. I don't know if you've read Getting Things Done because that's a, a really foundational idea within that, but just having a place where you can put your ideas and everything so that when you need them, they're there already instead of them being lost, right? I haven't I haven't read it yet. I actually tried to read it, but I don't know. I couldn't read that book. But I feel like I watched so many YouTubers that talked about it. So I think I know the general idea. But when I came across something interested, I always take notes about it to my Notion page. And I have a full system of ideas, which I think I'm going to make a video about it. And I have a system where I put my, put in categorize and schedule and, you know, do all of the stuff on my Notion. That really helps. And wherever I am, I just like screenshot it and drop it to my Notion. It really helps with the ideas. Mm -hmm. And do you do something similar for other goals? So, uh, for example, when you were more actively learning English, was it the same that you had a schedule for what you were going to do every single day or was it more just uh, spontaneous? So since it, since it was just like watching YouTube videos, I didn't need any sort of a program because I like, I love just watching YouTube videos. And every time I come back from my school, 
I watch YouTube videos and I think that was the habit. I came back from my school, mm-hmm. I was eating my dinner and then I was just like laying on my bed and watching YouTube videos hours and hours. And since it was really fun for me, it was easy to build the habit. I didn't even think about it. I just like lay on my bed and open my phone and then like, you know, scroll and find random videos. So I think that was the habit. I was doing that every single day. But since it was so fun for me, you don't really think about it. It's just like, do it. Hey there, Real Lifer. Have you downloaded the Real Life English app yet? On the app, Andrea and I will guide you beyond the classroom to live, learn, and even speak English in the real world. So how do we do this? To start with, you can listen to the Real Life English podcast and Beyond Borders talk show, even this very episode with digital transcripts so that you can follow along and develop your listening fluency. Plus, check dozens of definitions of all the most difficult vocabulary, idioms, phrasal verbs, slang, and so much more that you won't find anywhere else or in any other podcast. And how would you like to develop real-life speaking confidence at the touch of a button by speaking with other learners while making friends across cultures? Sounds like a dream, right? Well, now with the Real Life app, it will be a dream come true. Download the app to listen to our podcast with transcripts and definitions whenever and wherever you want and speak with people from all around the world. What are you waiting for? Join our global community today by clicking the link in the description of this podcast or by going to www.reallifeglobal.com app. That's A-P-P. Or simply search for the Real Life English app in the Google Play or Apple App Store today and let us guide you beyond the classroom to live and learn and speak English in the real world. Ah, yeah. One of the things I was going to ask about there, because, I mean, I checked out, I, I, I hadn't heard of James Charles, but he's got a huge YouTube channel. And I watched like uh, one of his videos just to see, you know, how he speaks and everything. And he speaks really fast. So he's really, really fast. Yeah. And one of the things I was thinking there, it's it's a great goal for a person to try to understand, um, especially being that you're into the the subject matter of, of his channel. But a lot of learners, when anything like this, what watching a video or a series or anything like this, that they watch it and they'll they'll just get this this uh, they'll feel paralyzed, right? They'll they'll get kind of a panic because they they don't understand everything. They're they're missing a lot of things and stuff, and they want to just you know, get to the point where they can understand it as comfortably as they can their native language. Um, so did you have anything that helped you? Uh, was this something that you ever suffered from? Or was there anything that you, any tips you can give of what to do when you feel like, I don't know, they use some slang word you've never heard before, says a whole sentence maybe, and you just didn't catch a thing and it maybe gets you down about what uh, skills you think you have in the language? I think picking James Charles was really good because makeup is a thing that you don't necessarily understand what they're saying. Since they're just doing their own thing and since you see the colors and, you know, things, it's a really visual thing. So you don't really need to understand it, actually. So I think that was really helping me because even though I don't understand it, I was enjoying so maybe picking something that you can visually enjoy might really help. Maybe maybe animes can really help in that way because animes are really <laughs> visual. So, yeah. you know, rather than watching maybe vlog, maybe rather than watching like these productivity tips where you need to understand what they're saying, you can watch vlogs because in vlogs, 
you don't really need to understand what people are saying because they show what they're doing. So I think it's important to start with these videos. But I remember myself, I was watching these productivity tips type of videos at that time, but I couldn't understand it anything. And it was so annoying. But I didn't feel unmotivated about that. I actually felt really ambitious. And I made a playlist that I couldn't understand these like videos, videos that I couldn't understand. So that I came can come back in the future and see if I can understand it now. And after, you know, watching James Charles and other makeup creators and other types of videos for six months or so, I start to slowly understand these more chit chat type of videos where people talk a lot. And seeing that really motivated me because that clearly means that I made a progress. I wasn't able to understand it, but now since I made the playlist and I can, can, can back, I, I can compare myself to my past self. I think we can easily forget how much we grow. So it's important to look back and reflect and, um, you know, compare yourself to your past self. And it's important to not compare yourself to others. Just compare yourself to your past. And I think that matters. That really helped me, I think. Yeah, that is really great. I think that um, one, of, one of the big things there is that having those progress markers. So mm -hmm. it's yeah. really great feeling when six months ago you watched this episode of a series or you watched this video mm -hmm. and you couldn't understand hardly anything. And then you come back and you're like, Oh, I can understand 80% yeah, exactly. of this now. That's exactly. Like, exactly. Amazing. Exactly. Exactly. Especially with the language, you don't realize how much you grow because it becomes right. your nor now you're like new normal standard. So it's like your standards go is going high and high, but when you don't reflect, you don't realize it. And if you're learning the language alone, like me, you don't have anybody to tell you that you improved. So it's always important to reflect by your own. You got to do it by your own. So yeah, I recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And did you do any, cause you uh, mentioned summarizing the things that you watched or the things that you read to yourself. Did you ever record yourself and then like listen back to those later to see that progress in your speaking? I hated my voice so much, so I didn't do that. <laughs> but um, the thing is, I think when we increase the friction of action, so when we add more and more steps, it becomes harder for us to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to keep it really simple so that you can perform it any anyway. And so I wasn't really recording, but one of the things that I was doing that this is so narcissistic, but... <laughs> I was, I was doing interviews to myself because I knew that I'm going to get like some sort of interview in the future. So I was preparing myself for that alone. I was just asking myself random questions um, in front of mirror and I was explaining to myself. And also when I was doing makeup, I was pretending that I'm a YouTuber and I was explaining it in English. Or when I was in shower, I was just like talking myself randomly and my family found it really, really creepy, but it really worked. <laughs> They found it super creepy. Whenever they found me, I'm just talking myself. I'm like, I'm pouring my coffee and I'm just like doing this. But now it really helps because on my vlogs, I talk about those things that I talked back in the day. So it's like a really normal thing for me. Yeah, it helps. Mm -hmm. It's creepy, but it helps. Yeah, but I didn't record it. That's amazing advice because it's the things that you actually need to be able to talk about because probably if you were to travel to the 
to any other country where you don't speak the language. You are meeting people there. You might want to talk to someone about makeup or about coffee or about, you know, whatever it is. So actually, even if you're not planning on making YouTube videos, just talking about your your interests and stuff as if you were talking to someone else is amazing practice and everything. Um, I think a lot of people don't really recognize how valuable that is to, I mean, I, I used to have a teacher in high school would always say practice like you play and everything. It's like a metaphor for sports and everything. But, you know, if you actually practice, like getting yourself ready for the things that you're going to talk about when you get in conversation, then you've already done the practice. So when that happens, you're going to feel confident about it because it's not new to you. Yeah, exactly. And I was like making situations in my head. Let's say I get mad about someone else and I was thinking <laughs> about how I can respond that in English. Or let's say when I talk with somebody on my phone and then I finish that call and I was thinking, how can I say it? say these things in English and I was always trying to do it so I think you don't need a teacher necessarily if you're going to do it for fun I think there is always a way to do things if you truly want to do it because at that time my family was going through a very like hard economical situation uh, in Turkey the economical situation is not really stable so we really suffered from that too So at that time, I wasn't able to go to a language school or, you know, find a tutor or something. So I had to do it by my own. Um, you know, I can't say my mom, I want to like, you know, watch this James Charles. Let me, let me, you know, have a tutor or something. We were really suffering at that time. So I just like done it by my own. So I think there is always some way if you want it truly. So don't give up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, where there's a will, there's a way, right? And really just making those little opportunities within your life where you can, I mean, I used to have a student who would talk to himself about something he read in the news on his way to work. And it's like, you can find so many little spaces like this to, to take advantage of and get that practice in. So there's really never the excuse that I don't have anyone to speak with. Yeah, that's, that's just an excuse. Yeah, we're so good at making excuses, but they're like little tiny things that you can do and change <laughs> in your life that will allow you to talk that language. So... I would recommend, yeah. Most definitely. Uh, I'll switch gears a little bit. So um, you've been mentioning, you know, you spend a lot of time on your videos. You're also going to med school. So I was really curious, just how do you manage your time? You know, it's it's, it's a lot of big demands on you, right? I can't. <laughs> um, as I said, like my life is currently in chaos. Um, so I think... Uh, I think I'm currently in a way, I actually post a video uh, titled, I decided to change my life, which is a video where I talk about, I decided to, you know, put everything in a, some sort of an organized, systemized way so that I can actually sleep because I'm so sleep deprived these days. I'm trying to make videos at the same time, go to uni and I have other things in my life. So I can't at this moment, but I will in the future. And I decided to like create a series where I, you know, become more productive and more organized. Um, but it's going to take time because it's normal to take time to, you know, set the system. Um, but yeah, I decided to create a series. I think I'm going to publish the first video this week. I hope, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. So definitely that'll already be out when we publish this. So we can definitely put that in the show notes. But... Ah, thank you. Can you give us a, a sneak peek of any of your plans to hmm. make yourself more productive, more organized? So, as I said, um, the thing that I always do is that, you know, calculate backwards. So, what is my goal and what I have to do for that? So, 
for me, it's important to sleep early because I, you know, last night I slept at like 4 a.m. I think 4.41 a.m. or so. So in order to sleep early, what I have to do is set a nighttime routine that works for me. And what makes me sleepy is that reading before bed and scrolling in my bed, like hours and hours I can watch something. So I decided to swap that out with a different habit and, you know, doing that. And so my plan is for this series is that I found out like 10 goals for myself and I'm going to do it, um, you know, maybe every single week a habit or um, until like I build that habit, I would create the series, the journey and stuff. But like there are 10 habits that I want to make and I'm going to make these. And the first habit is sleeping early. And for that, thinking backwards, creating a nighttime routine, reading. So the next video is going to be about reading and nighttime routine, I would say. So yeah. Yeah. Sleep is so important. It's like the, the foundation of everything else because if you want to get anything else done and you're sleep deprived, it's so much more yeah, difficult exactly. and everything. Right? Exactly, exactly. So it's the, the perfect one to start with. And uh, that's a habit I have myself reading before bed because um, I find the same. That a lot of times, especially because I work at home, a lot of us are working from home nowadays. And so it's so easy to work until late. But when you do that, it's just like you're generally like your your mind's buzzing. You have all these things going on and it can be hard to actually like rest and, and fall asleep. So if you actually read, then it's like you're disconnecting from that and, and you're, it's not... You're not having the the screen time like on your phone or the TV or something that that actually like uh, stimulates you, right? So that's a great habit for people to try if they if they also struggle from that. And also, it's also great for learning languages too. If you reach to some sort of a level that you can understand books, then you can build that habit also for your sleep as well as for right. your language. So that before going to bed, let's say I'm going to promise myself that I'm going to read books in blah, blah language so that uh huh, you build this habit and you can also go to bed early. I think, I think that's a great way to achieve your goals. Yeah, kill two birds with one stone. And... Speaking about goals, do you have uh, any goals set already for your YouTube channel or for anything else for 2022? Hmm. I actually have a lot of goals for 2022. <laughs> um, uh, with my two of my like really close friends, we're thinking about releasing a podcast on 2022. Oh, nice! So that is one of our goals, and also I'm thinking about releasing a merch uh, in 2022. I'm working on that. And also, I think I'm going to release an online class in 2022. <laughs> and when it comes to subscriber count, it's just a very random number. But I think I would say 700k would be super, super, super nice if we could reach. But I don't care about it that much. So it's just a, some sort of a number. I think these four. And uh, when it comes to like other stuff, I think being more organized and being more healthy would be my goal. Yeah. That's always a really good one to have too. Just the, <laughs> yeah. the health thing kind of comes first, but uh, yeah, that's that's really really awesome. Do you know what the podcast would it be about? Do you have any ideas for topics? So um, it's going to be about everything. We're going to chat about different topics. The main goal of the podcast is that getting to know each other better because I feel like people who are on my channel don't really know me well. Maybe that's because I keep private most of the things or maybe that's how I present myself but sometimes I get like comments and I 
I feel really shocked because that's really different from who I am. So um, I think from with my two of my friends, I can be more comfortable and we can talk about different topics. And we are in different countries, all of us, and we grew up in different oh, cool. cultures. So we're mm-hmm. like really different from each other, but at the same time, we can understand each other really good in a good way. So I think we will discuss about a lot of topics and we'll give about our um, opinions about it. We have been doing it actually for a couple of months now. We met online and we really enjoyed these sessions so that I said, why aren't we doing a podcast and why aren't we actually publishing these? Because these conversations are really good. And we discuss about everything, like from love to, um, I don't know, non-controversial things. We don't really talk about politics or religions or stuff, uh, but, you know, about love, about business, about money, about education. We talk about everything. So it's going to be about everything, I would say. That's very cool. Uh, I think that the best podcasts are the ones where you can feel like the people, they, they know each other and there's that rapport there, the chemistry, and it's just very natural and everything and, and easy to listen to, right? Yeah, we're like really close friends. So I think we're not going to do it like a podcast, but it's like a, some sort of a call that we do and we share it. Mm-hmm. And it'll be in English, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. Very cool. Uh, awesome. So one of the last questions that I had for you, um, what's your relationship with failure like? I mean, you, you started to kind of mention, you know, that your life's been a chaos and everything. Uh, I suppose that that could be maybe brought on by some sort of failure. Uh, but h- how do you deal with failure in general? I never think that I failed, let's say, because I don't give up any of my dreams until I success. But just because I failed this time, once you give up, I think it's the end of the game. But when you don't give up and when you try and try and try and try, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know that you're going to gonna succeed. So just because I failed five years ago, it doesn't mean that I failed. That was just a process and that's it. Now we have a very good channel. And back in the day, I was thinking and I'm just like on my way. It just, I'm currently on a progress. It doesn't mean that I failed. So I never think that I failed. Let's say I failed on a test or something, but next time I can do better than that. And um, if I can do better, then it's not a failure. I think once you give up, it's the end of the game. But since I don't give up, I never fail. I never consider myself that I failed. I think that's just a progress, I say. Yeah, I love that, that I'm I'm on my way instead of seeing it as like yeah. you failed. Yeah, exactly. I'm just working on it. And yeah, when you're working, you can fail. That's it. And how do you view mistakes then? I mean, it's, it's kind of a similar topic, but for example, when you make mistakes in English um, or in another language that you're speaking... I'm not a perfectionist at all. My family is pretty perfectionist, especially my mom and my brother. And they they have a fear of failure and mistakes and stuff. But I am not a perfectionist at all. So if you're feeling fear, if you have a fear against mistakes, I think the thing that you should change is your perfectionism. It's important mm-hmm. to cope with that. I think I can make a video about this because from my child, from my childhood, I've never been a perfectionist. So I think I can explain my mind, how I view things and stuff. But mistakes and failures are never a bad thing. It just means that you're trying and you're trying to grow. And when you're trying to grow, of course, you're going to fail. That's the process. So I never view it as a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. So because when you make a mistake, you can give yourself a feedback and see why you did that mistake and analyze it. I like analyzing things. 
And from there on, you can find a way to grow from that. So I think doing mistakes is a great thing. Yeah. The more mistakes you make, I mean, it's really, you can't get to where you want to be without making yeah, mistakes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's impossible. So <laughs> if you make it weird, then it's of course going to be, it's of course going to be weird. But like, if you act confident and if, when people feel that, people actually don't notice that confidence. When I'm giving like presentations back in the day, in my high school, we did a lot of presentations and I did a lot of mistakes, but I act so cool that nobody noticed that mistake. So I think it's important to like fake your confidence and say, this is the way that I do. And I think that really helps just like having that confidence. Yeah, I think that that's, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of that comes out of too, at least talking about English mm-hmm. with your English. I'm sure a lot of that just comes out of, again, that you've done a lot of the practice and stuff and you've become so accustomed to it that you're not worried about the the mistakes because they're not, you're able to achieve your goals with your English, right? Which like right now is giving an interview and being able to express your ideas perfectly and, uh, well, not perfectly, but being able to express your ideas in the way that you want to. And, uh, and yeah, so you're not focused on when you make a mistake as long as in this case, that I can understand you, that the audience can understand you, right? Yeah, I think the important thing, I think the important thing is where you focus. If your focus is going to be not making mistakes, then I think you're going to make mistakes because you're so focused (laughs) on that area. But when you focus that just, you know, communicating and having fun, then you don't really care because your focus is having fun, not the mistakes that you make. You can have fun while making mistakes and people can laugh about it and you can laugh about it too. Like when you make it weird, I think it becomes kind of embarrassing. But when you also laugh about your mistakes and say like, haha, you know, I'm not a native speaker, so it's totally normal. Um, I think it becomes natural. I think it's important to not care that much because people don't really care about it. Like just because you did a mistake, it doesn't make you stupid or something else. It just makes you a foreigner that is trying to talk that language and that's it. So Yeah, I, I could not put it better myself. It's really just getting... Take, not taking it so seriously, being good yeah. at laughing at yourself and really just being more focused on the the connection, the understanding. Yeah, I love I love at my like mistakes. People comment um like on my videos and I realize it, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't realize that. So I think that really helps too. It's just like yeah. laugh and enjoy. Yeah, if you start using your English to put yourself out there, then it's you're gonna grow the thick skin that you need to not be so worried about the mistakes really quickly because people are going to point it out and you're just going to have to get used to that and see that it's, it's, it's part of the journey. It's part of being in the arena of, of, uh, you know, actually doing something that matters. Exactly. Because like, just because they pointed out, so what you can learn from it, you can fix it. And next time, if they found out something that is also wrong, then you can fix that too. So it's a great opportunity. Actually, people give feedback to you. It depends how you take it. If you take it too seriously, then yeah, it's going to be hard for you, but then, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Great. Well, I'll move into our rapid fire questions, then we're going to play a game. Um, so you have, uh, we've hinted a little bit at your uh, background and everything with your parents. You have a very interesting combination that's not so common. I mean, I know a lot of people who uh, maybe have like French and British parents or they have like American Canadian parents or uh, something like that. But your parents come from very different points of the world, very different languages, very different cultures. So one of the things I was curious about uh, this question that I ask different people is what's a unique lesson that you learned from your parents or what's something that your parents did when you were growing up that you believe that your friend's parents didn't do? Hmm. I think the thing that I learned is that, as I said, 
there's nothing right nor wrong because when I do something in like with my Turkish family, it considered that is a good thing. But when I do it in Japan, people say, "Oh, that's not good. That's actually really rude." So I understand how to adapt myself to the you know circumstances. So when people go to different countries, they try to push their truths to other people, but it's important to understand their culture. And so when I with my family, I think the thing that they do is that they always tell me in which situation it's right to do and in which situation it's not right to do. So you know, you can there's so many ways to think differently about things. And I think it made me think so much about the things that I say because when I say something, it can really make a person happy, but at the same time offend other people in a different culture. So I think that's really what I learned. There is nothing wrong nor true. So it's easier for me to make friends because I can understand them. Even though I can't understand them, I can accept it. So I think that boosted my confidence as well. Just because you don't understand me doesn't mean that I'm wrong. That's just my values. So um, it's, yeah, it's really helped me. And yeah, what my family did is that they allowed me, actually. They allowed the way that I think I'm really different from my family. Like my brother and I have really different values, but they allowed us to find our values because they know that we grew up in a really like weird place, weird cultural values that is going around. So they just like allowed us to find our personality and they accept us as we are. I think that's what stated different than other parents because in other parents parents you know this is true this is right you have to do this and this but in our family is that like look this is like this but also like this so you pick your side <laughs> yeah i think i think that's different yeah uh something i'm curious about it might be too personal so if, if it is uh, just let me know, but, um, I'd be kind of curious with your, with your parents, is there anything that you observed growing up being in a relationship is really difficult if you come from the same culture. And if you come from really different cultures, there's going to be a lot of things, uh, places where you're not seeing eye to eye, where you're not understanding each other because of those really deep cultural values and, and backgrounds, uh, different worldviews. So was there anything you observed that your parents did to kind of overcome those and, and, and keep a strong relationship? Hmm. I think, my mom, I think my mom is so, so patient with cultures and with different things. And at the beginning, they were talking in English, but English is not their mother tongue. Like neither of them is really good at English and they still manage to marry, which, which I'm like pretty shocked. There is no internet. There is no translation whatsoever. And they also were in a long distance relationship, you know, after they, they met in in the UK in a like a language school and afterwards they moved to their countries of course and they they were writing like uh what is that what is that letters to each other in English and they continued that so if they're able to do it for a very long period of time then of course they're you know understanding each other they try to understand each other and my mom was so patient about Turkish culture it's so different um you know Japanese culture is more like accepting to be honest but Turkish culture uh, is a very different, in my opinion. And my mom had a patient for that. And my mom learned Turkish. My dad can speak a little bit Japanese, but not that much. And my mom learned Turkish and she can fluently talk in Turkish. So I think my mom was giving the work and playing that. So I think that really, really helped. I mean, 
like how can you do that I, I don't think that I'm able to do that that's that's so much thing to do but I'm proud of my mom for doing that and what was the question I forgot the question <laughs> what was the question <laughs> It was, I was curious, you kind of answered it in a way, but I was curious if they had any ways of um, seeing better each other's worldviews or when they have a fight, you know, kind of coming back and being able to see eye to eye. I mean, it's always, <laughs> but nowadays they give up, like they don't try to understand each other. They just accept each other. Like I think at the beginning of their marriage, they were trying to understand each other. But now I'm like, your dad is your dad and my dad is like your mom she's always like that so I think it's important to you know not to try to understand everything because there's certain things that you can never ever understand if you don't come um you know from that country so just important to accept the way they are because you can change that person why are you trying to change that person you know accept it I think that's important. Yeah. And I think that's true even if they don't come from a different culture because people always grew up yeah, differently yeah, and exactly, exactly. see the world a little bit differently. So, exactly. uh, but very cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and then maybe for a uh, uh, last question, um, if you could create a TED Talk, say that tens of millions of people around the world would see what topic would you choose or what would you want your message to be? I think I would choose a topic, general topic as a culture and social values, and say, say, say it out loud, that there is no true, no right, like, no true, no wrong, and, like, stop pushing your ideas to other people. That's, I think, the message that I would say. And, yeah, because people like to categorize people so much. People like to put people in some sort of a box and judge and make stereotypes. But the thing is, every person is different. Every, like, even though you come from the same family, you can have so much different opinions about different things. So if we have to treat people as individuals, I know that's hard because when, you know, we stereotype and when we categorize people, it doesn't take that much time to judge about that person. But the important thing is when we truly want to, you know, communicate with that person, we have to treat them as individuals so that we can actually, you know, communicate I think I think that would be the message. That sounds like a great TED talk. I hope <laughs> I hope you get to do it someday. <laughs> I, I wish I wish one day maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and do you? Because on that topic, do you consider yourself a global citizen, or what would that mean to you to be a global citizen? I think I I, I think I view myself as a global citizen because when my channel at the beginning was were getting a lot of views from Japanese at the beginning and they were saying that I'm like really not so Japanese and afterwards it blew up in Turkey and people are like you're not Turkish at all you're so Japanese but I'm not Japanese at all I'm not Turkish at all I'm like so different from these countries I have like the common things but at the same time I have things that I you know um just out of that these cultures so I don't I don't feel like I belong to Japan or Turkey. I'm always foreigner, so I think I'm a global citizen. I don't understand why people are so attached to their races, nationalities and stuff. It doesn't define anything. Like why? Yeah. Yeah. That's really well said. There's a great quote that it reminded me of that's uh from Seneca that's uh I'm not for I might butcher this a little bit, but it's think of something like I'm not from one corner. The whole world is my native land. So yeah, exactly. Uh, I kind of like that perspective that you gave. Yeah, exactly, and also like I mean, Turkey is also pretty diverse. Not like from races, but you know, historically we have different peoples. And when you look in a region from region, they're so different. 
And I don't understand, like, you know, feeling so attached to your nationality and saying that my country is better than yours and stuff. Like, no, no, <laughs> it doesn't define anything. They're just yeah. lines on the map. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, why? I think, yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> well, it's been absolutely fascinating, Rudy. So we're going to do a quick game before we wrap up the show. Okay. So... This is called Word Association Ping Pong. So basically, I'll start off. Um, we'll do like one minute and then we can do another minute where you start. So basically, I'm just going to say a word. You're going to say this first word that comes into your mind. And then I'm going to say the first word that comes on into my mind again. And we'll do that back and forth. Um, so basically, I'll start a timer for one minute and then start. Okay. So um, let me think of a word. I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> Okay. Puppy. Cute. <laughs> Smart. Glasses. <laughs> Nerd. Books. Knowledge. Brain. <laughs> Surgeon. Medicine. Uh, doctor. Money. <laughs> uh, pile. What is pile? Like a, a mountain, mountain of money. Oh. Oh, I see. Cars? Uh, truck. Old men. <laughs> <laughs> so random. Uh, so what did we start with? Puppy and we got to old man. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I thought right. old man is driving that truck, so that's why yeah. I associated with that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, was, I don't know. I got stuck with, like, money for some reason. Couldn't, why? Couldn't you, can, you can pick so many things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's supposed to be the first thing that pops in your hand into your head, but I was okay. drawing a blank. So, uh, all right. So when, whenever you're ready. Okay. I'm going to start chocolate. Ooh, Valentine's day. Mm, lovers. Uh, romance. Toxic relationship. <laughs> uh, cheesy rom-com. <laughs> rich men. Uh, rich woman. High heels. <laughs> <laughs> Stilettos. Mm. Italy. Um, pasta. Tomato. Um, pepper. Pain. <laughs> cast. What is cast? Like uh, what you get when you break your arm. Ah, wait. Is it the thing that I think? I don't know. Let's say then hospital. Like the, yeah, that your friends would sign. Uh, ah, then hospital, yeah. Yeah, I think we did a minute already. <laughs> what did you start? Chocolate and we got to hospital. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, one one good thing that's that's a good game for people to play because there was like a couple um, a couple words that that you got to learn there that you didn't know. So, and some that I was amazed that you did know. Like uh, now, I've, I'm already drawing a blank. But like one of the <laughs> things I said, I was like, "Oh no, she's not gonna, <laughs> she's not gonna know what this is," <laughs> and you did. So, yeah. So it's it's been an absolute pleasure. So before we end, do you have any asks for the audience? Oh. Any asks for the audience? Um, go check out my channel, I would say. <laughs> yeah, uh, my channel is titled Rudy Ohama, and also <laughs> my Instagram and my Twitter is Ohama Rudy, and that's it, I would say. <laughs> check out my videos, I have so many videos about cultures, languages, productivity, about anything actually, everything I'm interested in. So, yeah, check out my channel.
Thank you. And so that they don't miss out the the podcast, at least for people who are listening who need new podcast ideas. Your sounds like a great way to practice there, to practice their listening and just hear about interesting topics. Exactly. And, you know, two of my friends are native speakers in English, so I think that would help. You know, I make a lot of mistakes, but you can listen to their English. And one of my friends, ha- like, uh, sh- he has American English, and one of the other friends has British English. And then we oh, have my mixture English, so you can compare the accents and the words that we use, I think. I think that would really mm-hmm. uh, be interesting and really helpful for people who are trying to learn English, I would say. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to show my appreciation too for you because I think it's so amazing what you're doing. You're setting a great example for people out there that just because it's not your native language, it doesn't mean that you can't uh, you can't share your message. You can't share you know your your vision, your beliefs, your dreams. And uh, really, it's just I hope that listeners will take some inspiration and not not kind of create their own barriers mm-hmm. in their mind for what is possible for them with their English. Yeah, thank you so much. Actually, a lot of people told me that I would never ever succeed in like English on YouTube because it's not my native language, but I was like, watch. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, <laughs> so it's important to have the confidence and courage, go for it. You can do it. I mean, I, I, I mean, everybody said that, like, if you're not native in that language, you cannot do it. But yeah, here we are. So <laughs> no excuses. Amazing. Yeah. So definitely, I hope if people haven't heard about your channel, definitely go check that out. We'll link uh, everything from today's episode and the show notes, all the links to all the channels that you mentioned and uh, the different series that were mentioned, the animes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Hope we can have another conversation sometime in the the future. Yeah, sure. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the interview. You can find all the mentioned links and resources from this show on the show notes at reallifeglobal.com. It is also linked in the description of this episode. If English fluency is important to you, then remember to check out our Real Life app, where you can practice listening to native speech and speak with other learners from around the world, while also discovering new cultures. In addition to that, you can get a full interactive transcript and vocabulary for this interview. You will find that linked in the description or just search for Real Life English in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. For now, remember that no matter what divides us, that which unites us is far greater. See you on the next show.